Let's not galaxy brain this shit. This is Tall Can Audio. Away we go on an all new episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast, coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you're hearing us right now. It's Matt Robinson with you, Steve Bundo alongside. What's going on, man? Matt, what's going on? What's going on? I saw the Talcan Audio fans out here again giving me a hard time. They're like, this guy's back again. Rolling in late night. Bottom of the barrel. I tried to sneak in a little bit later this (laughs) evening, but I'll tell you one thing about the Talcan Audio fans, Matt. They don't sleep. No, nope. they're out there all the time, man. They're just mobbing you, coming in and out. It's, it's a tough scene. That's right. I, it's I been a minute, man. How you been? Man, pretty good. Uh, busy, working, uh, trying to keep my uh, things under control with uh, the Bucks. Tom Brady retiring slash not retiring. And then we got Baker Mayfield now. I see the, that. The Leafs are trying to make a little bit of a 11 and 7 thing, which is bothering me a not little bit. It, no. no. And then... Uh, yeah, we've got life and, and everything, concerts coming. It's a, We've got uh, a lot going on, Matt, but I've been good. How you been? You know what? No complaints, man. It's been uh, busy around here the last week or two. Uh, lots going on in the studio. St. Paddy's Day coming up here. Mm. Uh, always down for that. It's a major beer holiday. I don't have to tell you. I'm quite certain. You don't. No, and uh, in that spirit, we got a beer here today. What are we going with, man? Oh, man. I went through your fridge and you had... A nice Bellwoods Roman Candle IPA, 6.8%. Oof. So it gets you a little buzz, but it's a tasty one. Goes right to you, yeah. Oh, so man. 6.8% out of Bellwoods. Now they're down in Toronto. Um, and actually, we had a good friend of the show, Kevin Mickey, here on Saturday. A uh, guy works for, for Sportsnet. He's been on a bunch of times before, mainly talking wrestling. But he was in the nation's capital this weekend, so made his studio debut. And he actually brought some of this uh, this Bellwood stuff for us. So good guy. We like, uh, we never turn it down. Right? So much flavor and taste. I love this IPA. Really good. And Bellwood's often, man, really, really good stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can agree. And uh, I love the candle, uh, Roman candle can, Roman candle can, uh, <laughs> nice artwork on it, which is always a plus if uh, you're sure, a brewer out attention. there. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's colorful, obviously, yeah. but really cool. Plus it reminds me of uh, back in the day when... We would have Roman candle wars as uh, idiots uh, when, <laughs> in high school, just lighting up a couple Roman candles and just ripping around and trying not to get hit. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure pushing 40, I'm still down for one of those. I'm, I'd rather have one of these in a can, I think, than, uh, than that old way. So, so would I at yeah, this age. Yeah. And I'm not 40 yet, but I feel you, man. Yeah, I'm heading in that direction at a alarming pace. I do want to shout out our friends over at the Need a Beer Company. If you haven't had a chance to... Uh, to make any plans yet, you're not quite sure what you want to do. They're having a St. Paddy's Day party. It goes from noon until 11 on St. Patrick's Day, which is this Friday, March 17th. And uh, no tickets, no price to get in, anything like that. Just drop by and uh, have a couple pints. There are prizes for, you know, your in level of enthusiasm for St. Paddy's Day. I don't know if people... I'm on a cream you wear or got to dance an Irish jig or what that might look like. The only thing they're asking you to do in advance, if you're interested in such thing, is that... Uh, they're bringing back the tears of a Sasquatch stout. It is delightful. It is a toasted espresso coconut stout. It is right up my alley. I've already pre-ordered mine and it's a very limited run. So they are just suggesting if you want that, you should jump on nitabeer.com, N-I-T-A beer.com and pre-order 
your pint of the Tears of a Sasquatch Stout because, like I said, it's going to be an incredibly limited run. Other than that, if you just want to come by, enjoy the party, have a pint or two, uh, yeah, nothing you got to do ahead of time there. At 190 Colonnade Road, more information at needabeer.com. You big St. Paddy's Day guy, Bunda? Absolutely. Yeah. Shout out to uh, my mom, Bonnie Mulrooney, uh, the Mulrooney side of the family. Okay. Uh, very Irish. Uh, we like to tell ourselves that we are actually more than I believe we are. Uh, <laughs> but uh, love a couple green beers on St. Paddy's Day. Love throwing on a, a little fun shirt or a hat sure. or glasses. You know, you go to a, a bar or somewhere, there's always uh, a lot of green everywhere, but, uh, I do love the green beer. It's a, it's a fun little thing to do. Um, right, And if you are attending your need a beer, uh, party, yeah. I see that you have your Toronto St. Pat's jersey out. I won't, I won't lie to that. I love you and all, but I'm going to already guarantee you're not winning because <laughs> it's Ottawa and, and people are going to give you a hard time. No prize <laughs> for the, for being ballsy enough to I, wear it. I would give you a yeah. prize and I'd give you a you know, a, a nice uh, pat on the back for, yeah. for being brave enough, but I'm going to tell you that well, I'm, I'm sure you're going to have a hard time there. I, I, I've got this out in honor of our mutual friend there, Michaela Schreider. I thought she'd be excited to see some some Leafs paraphernalia, some Toronto St. Pat's paraphernalia. I thought she'd be pumped about that. I feel that. like she once was a Leaf fan at heart, and now that her husband is, she slowly is coming over <laughs> the dark side. So, uh, You think we might win her back? Um, I don't know if we're going to win her back, but more or less that, uh, she's just going to go back to her true roots. Let's just say that. All right. All right. Uh, those are fighting words though. You may hear from Michaela here in the next little Let's just hope she's not listening to this Exactly. That's right. She better be on March break vacation. Right. So, um, like I said, if you want, check that out, needabeer.com or just drop by between noon and 11 at, uh, 190 Colonnade Road. You mentioned Baker Mayfield there a few minutes ago, man. You had tweeted about that earlier. There were rumors ahead of time that he was going to be headed to the Bucks. That's the heir apparent to, to Tom Brady, is it? That's the way they're going? Yeah, it looks like it. Uh, there's not much out there right now. If they were to start the season, they literally only have one quarterback on the roster, and it's Kyle Trask, who is a former second-round pick uh, out of Florida. Hasn't seen uh, much of any snaps in the NFL, mainly because of Tom Brady playing. Sure, yeah. He had a couple against Atlanta in garbage time this year when the uh, the Bucks already lined up a playoff spot. So. Um, I have no issues with it. Baker Mayfield loved watching him at Oklahoma. Uh, I feel like he's had a terrible little run. He, uh, was ridiculed a lot in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. Plus it's just the Browns. Uh, Carolina wasn't a great spot for him. They ended up firing Matt rule anyways this year. He went to the Rams and, uh, had that crazy game on like three days. Uh, I think he signed with the Rams on like a Tuesday and he played for them on the yeah, Thursday, right, yeah. came back and went, uh, to beat the Raiders last minute. Um, I like a lot of what he can do. I'm not quite sure if he is that uh, quarterback protege that you want to believe can be your franchise guy for the next couple of years. Um, but I think he has, uh, you know, the ability to do it if he can find it. Dave, uh, the Bucks uh, hired a new offensive coordinator. They're going to try and run the ball more. They're going to try and have a new offensive philosophy. Um, at the end of the day, they're a very talented team. So it's like I don't believe that they can tank for like a top ten to top eight pick. Uh, next year's draft is a quarterback loaded draft. Right. So, yeah, you know, I'm kind of just, I'm not sure what to believe, but Baker Mayfield coming in to push Kyle Trask, I'm sure they're going to sign another veteran and, you know, maybe draft a young guy too this year. It's uh, not a great draft this year for quarterbacks, but next year, look out, baby. There's like five that uh, everybody's really excited <laughs> about. So, um, if this doesn't go well, there's a consolation prize. No, no. Yeah. And uh, you brought up my tweet uh, earlier today about yeah. uh, the, 
uh, I remember working a TSN weekend episode and I was working it with Creech and Lee on a Saturday and it was uh, Oklahoma and, and Baker Mayfield went off and I was just like, man, I want that guy. He was getting jacked up. He was, he, he came was in with so much hype. He eh? does have a lot yeah. of hype and he's got a, a bit of a mouth on him. He's, yeah. a, he's a cocky kid, but uh, you know what? To, you know, I don't hate him, but uh, I, at the same time, I, I he's got a lot of talent, and sure. I feel like he's been grounded over the last couple of years because of that. Um, well, anything you know, coming through Cleveland, yeah, <laughs> struggle to get his feet underneath him. Right? It's tough to kind of get super hype in it, but you know, he went to Cleveland and he won a playoff game with them over the Pittsburgh Steelers, a division rival. Like it was a big win, regardless, and. Um, he's had a lot of different offensive coordinators, been in a lot of different situations. It's kind of like, all right, man, like this is a, a talented Bucks team with some Do good receivers dive, for you yeah. here. And they have a good defense. They brought back Levante David, who I was much, much more excited about today when the Bucks re-signed him once free agency started to come back. So it's, they have a talented team. So like I said, I don't think they're going to be in that bottom 10. If they do, it's going to be a very bad year and it's going to be a grumpy Steve Bunda, but (laughs) you're going to have to get used to that if that's what happens. Uh, well, like I was, I don't know, like you said, he's a bit of a mouthpiece and whatever, but I don't, I don't hate that. And I, I, I was sort of, I've struggled lately, man. I I don't, I I don't have a hardcore team in the NFL and I've been looking for one. Right. Mm. And, And I've said for a while, you know, the last time I was really hardcore into the NFL was Peyton Manning. I was not really a okay. fan of of the Colts as much as I was a fan of him. And then when he moved to Denver, I was like, all right, well, I kind of like the orange. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do that thing, right? And so that was all right for a while. And since he retired, I was just sort of like, eh, I've always been more of a CFL guy. And I'll obviously watch the big games in the NFL, but I've never really had a, a dog in the fight. And I've wanted one. And so, I don't know, I saw this year that uh, Baker Mayfield was going down to Carolina to start the season. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, fuck, what the hell? Like, I'll give that a shot. See if I can get on board with that. <laughs> and you won't get accused of being like a front runner, right? A, a bandwagon jumper on one of the, the top teams in the league, certainly. And he only lasted there like half a season or whatever. Yeah. It was. You're like, all right. So he's going to have another crack at it. And I don't know, for some reason, he's just one of those guys that we do this, right? Guys come in with a lot of hype. And then there's a lot of fans out there who take pleasure in watching it not work out. And we kind of tear them down. And then we get back on board with the, let's build them back up and hope they become something, right? And yeah. he's going to have an opportunity here. That team was built to, you know, at least partially for for Tom Brady. So there is a good core around him. Mm-hmm. This is his opportunity where maybe he wasn't in the best situation in Cleveland or in Carolina or what, like maybe now he gets dropped into here, a little more stability. If he's ever going to put it together, it's going to have to be now. Yeah, no, exactly. This is your... You know, when he, he signed his deal for, I think it's like one year, four and a half million, but he could earn up to eight and a half million dollars. It's a guy that's a former first round draft pick yeah. and first overall draft pick of the Cleveland Browns. But um, when you come up, like I said, uh, a little bit cocky, like you said, a bit of a mouthpiece and you go through this situation, then you find yourself going through a couple different teams. Carolina was a bit of a dumpster fire. Same yes. with the Rams last year coming yeah. off their Super Bowl win. Didn't really work out much for them. Matt Stafford was injured most of the year. They ended up trading away Jalen Ramsey. The Carolina Panthers are doing some work, though, you know, bringing in Miles Sanders, mm-hmm. trading for the first overall pick. They got rid of DJ Moore, um, but, you know, they've got a lot of excitement. So if you want to stick on the the Panthers, I'm just not going to like you as much because <laughs> I don't like the Panthers. They're my <laughs> division rival, but... No, I'm off the Panthers. It was, yeah. it was a... Like I said, I'm kind of waving at it, looking for a, a new team here. Eh? That's all. I'm looking for somewhere to latch on. Listen, I will always welcome you with open <laughs> arms greatly. I'll even give you a nice pint if I'm, you come join the Bucks. I'm squad. far more likely to do it now that Tom's gone, to be honest with you. That was a, that was a thorn Don't in the side. talk about my man like yeah, that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> my Tommy, I've been there enough already. Um, 
speaking of people who've been through enough already, New York Jets fans have been through it for a while now. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, all the talk has been that Aaron Rodgers is coming. I, actually, as we sit here now, has that been locked in yet? Have we got any confirmation on that? Uh, well, the the latest was the Pat McAfee show. He was on there. Okay. And he, was, uh, he actually had some pretty interesting comments, but he said uh, he's uh, accepted a trade to the Jets, and he's willing to play this year for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because he did his whole, I'm going to go to a dark room. He he Timeline was meeting with the Packers after the year. Right. They said, take your time, figure it out, let us know what's going on. So he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go lock myself in a room with nothing, <laughs> just complete darkness, no phone, nothing okay. for four days, sure. or sorry, four nights, five days, and meditate and see what I want to do. And he talks so weird. Yeah, he's a weird, weird <laughs> guy. He's talking about like hallucinating because you don't know what's going on. No. It's like Queen's Gambit style hallucinations. Right. And he's like, the, you think things are happening in the room. And it's like, was this guy on anything? <laughs> what's going on? But it was just weird. But how he, he left the darkness feeling 90% retirement, 10% playing. But then when he picked up his phone and he's looking through it and he sees that the Packers are trading him and they're going to, they're going to shop him and players are hitting him up. And he's just like, what the hell? You guys told me to take my time. What's yeah, going yeah. on? The and world continued without me. Yeah, the world kind of continued without him. And he was a little bit sour. And he's like, you know what? I'm ready to play this year and I'm going to play for the Jets. So like he was, he's accepted it. But uh, the only thing he's waiting on now is the the Packers to kind of finalize the deal and get back, uh, I guess, the return that they want. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's the latest on him. But it looks like that's going to be a thing and he's willing to play this year. So I'm not sure how much I buy into the, I was 90% retired and <laughs> no, then I want to go same, play for the Jets same. and chip on my shoulder situation to feel like if you're 90% retired, you're retired. If you're coming back with a chip on your shoulder after you were pretty much ready yeah, to retire. Yeah, this is the story he wants told, right? The yeah. narrative and uh, whatever. So we do have to assume that after the Jets, he'll play for the Vikings. Like, are we just doing the <laughs> ultimate Brett Favre tour here? So I was going to gonna say, we've like, already, uh, that means uh, all the cheerleaders in the New York, watch out because <laughs> Brett Favre, uh, Brett Favre. Don't check your phones. Yeah, <laughs> it means they'll be on a Wranglers uh, jeans commercial coming up soon yeah. once he retires. But uh, and I hope uh, the only thing I don't want is for him to be on the Vikings in uh, two years from now, throwing an interception to the Saints to go on <laughs> yeah. the Super Bowl in the NFC Championship game. I don't need that. I no. don't need the Saints going anywhere near a playoff game anymore. It is weird the parallels though so far, right? It's weird, and, uh, right? It's, yeah, legendary Green Bay quarterback that kind of falls out of favor. Certainly Rodgers more than. At least in Green Bay, I think mm-hmm. more than Favre, right? Like at the time, people were ready for Favre to step away because they had Rodgers and it was time, right? And then Favre sort of after that ran his legacy into the ground, whereas Rodgers has sort of done that the last couple of years to yeah. begin with. So It was interesting too, because he brought up the way like a couple of years ago when he had this kind of stalemate with the Packers on if he's going to come back or not. And he brought up today how two years ago he was you know, an advocate about how the Packers have treated some of their legacy players, the guys like Jordy Nelson, uh, Randall Cobb, Julius Peppers. Mm-hmm. And he went through a good list of players. He didn't list Brett Favre, which I thought oh, was okay. a little interesting. That is um, interesting. But uh, Brett Favre had the kind of same thing, right? You kind of have that chip on your shoulder. It's you, you see it with so many different athletes that, you know, you think they're done. And, you know, an athlete, like a coach or a GM thinks, you know what, um, we're going to let you go a year early than a year late. And, yeah. you know, you saw what happened with Tom with New England, right? They didn't yeah. think he had much left. Right. So he's like, you know what, I'm going to Tampa, wins the Super Bowl. Look at Matt Stafford when he got traded to the Rams and he goes and wins that big one. You, well, he'd have been happy to get he, the hell out of Detroit. Yeah, well, exactly, <laughs> right? And, and now we're kind of waiting around to see what happens with Lamar Jackson and yeah. what that situation is like, but it doesn't look very good for the for the Ravens right now. So um, 
for Aaron to say a lot of that and, and be all about it, but then kind of go on this uh, Pat McAfee show and throw every, you know, throw the Packers on the bus. But then he's saying he's not, not in a bad place and yeah. he's kind of a bit of a whiner, but it looks like he will be suiting up for the green, um, in, in New York this time though. Well, I, guess, and, or I guess New Jersey, right? Sure. Um, the Jets have been a joke forever. Is Rogers got any game left? Do you think? Uh, I think, uh, well, for one, the Jets are in a spot right now where he can slide in there as a quarterback because their biggest struggle uh, was quarterback yeah. last year. Zach Wilson hasn't turned into the quarterback that they expected or wanted him uh, to. I guess it was the second overall pick, and it seems like he was rubbing a lot of the uh, players the wrong way. Uh, Mike White came in, I believe, and he was uh, this yeah. guy that was kind of like a cowboy, just rolling in there, <laughs> playing some some serious ball, and sure. uh, then he you know, kind of kept them in that playoff conversation. But uh, Robert Sala has that team built well. That defense is solid. The offensive line, they got some offensive weapons. They've already added a couple guys like Alan Lazard, and I believe they're looking into guys like Randall Cobb and, who, and Oda Beckham Jr. And, you know, there's a lot that they can do yeah. here, but they have some good running backs, Michael Carter, and I feel like this is a team that needs a quarterback and they can be good. Right. And, and you know, they're already good, but, like, this, this quarterback will, will get them into the AFC contention. The AFC is so deep. And so good. And that division especially, you look at the Bills being in that division and they're strong, right? They're, yeah. they're, they're kind of the top of the division right there. But the Dolphins were pretty solid up mm-hmm. until Tua Valoa got injured. So, you know, you got some top teams in that division right now. And I don't know what the Patriots are. They're kind of all over the map with Mac Jones and Bill Belichick. But uh, they signed Juju Smith-Schuster. So I'm curious to see what happens with uh, Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. Um, but like I said, the AFC is going to be tough. Uh, this is... Good for them, um, but if you don't like Aaron Rodgers, which um, I'll shout out to uh, Vanessa Sanchez. Of course, who, friend of the show, yeah. Yeah, she's on this podcast, yep. and also she was on The Drive last sure, week. Yeah. Uh, with she a, wasn't handling it well. No, she <laughs> said uh, Rodgers is a bit douchey, and it was pretty yeah. good. It was pretty good. So, <laughs> did you say that on the radio? Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, she did, and, yeah. <laughs> and I was I was producing. I didn't okay. hit the dump button. Let I let that one go. Yeah, okay. No, I didn't let it slide. I was like, you know what? It's a well-deserved one. So yeah. like I said, he's got a bit of a attitude, kind of me, and I feel like he's coming uh, kind of out of this – this dark hole, and like I said, he wanted to retire, and now he wants to play, and it's like he's only doing it to kind of show the Packers more than he really yeah. wants to play to win, right? Yeah. That's the one thing I'm not fully buying, and I'm curious to see how it works out. Um, kind of find it weird, too, when you see guys like this, and you'll normally see players come to the defense on Twitter, right, when it's like, hey, like, you know, look at what's happening with Lamar Jackson right now. And, and you know, you see guys like Robert Griffin III and all these players around the league, Jalen Ramsey, jumping in, being like, man, why is there so much disrespect towards uh, the MVP and Lamar Jackson? You don't see any Packers players right now being like, hey, we're, why are we letting Rodgers go? Why are we trading right. Rodgers? What's going on? Like, there's not a lot of players coming to his defense nope. right now. So you, you kind of got to, yeah, you kind of got to scratch your head. And it's like, I get that it's probably best for, you know, to part ways right now, but. For Rodgers to be like, yeah, I was ninety percent retired. Now I'm I'm ready to go. I'm gonna play with the Jets. It's like I'll show them. Yeah, yeah it's like, all right. all right, man, you're probably doing this for the wrong reasons. Hundred percent. So, so at this point, as we sit here tonight, uh, we're only about what four and a half hours into free agency. But does anything else today stood out to you or caught your eye? Of uh, you know, people making moves early on here? Uh, not so much. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it already happens, right? That's the that's yeah. the thing, right? The illegal tampering beforehand. Yeah, yeah, starting Monday, the legal tampering periods are are very much. Yeah, you know, all these contracts that it were talked about for two days just become finalized. Yeah, um, a lot of the big ones. Um, being the fact, I think the biggest thing that that struck me was the Carolina Panthers trading up from nine with the Bears. The Bears sticking with 
um, Justin Fields, um, adding a guy like DJ Moore to help him out. So he's got Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney, and now he's got DJ Moore there. So the Bears are, are loading up. Yeah. Uh, the Lions went out to, and they added David Montgomery, which was a former um, Bears running back. So that's an interesting spot there. Jamal Williams signed with the Saints, which I hate the Saints. I love Jamal Williams. So <laughs> Jamal Williams was part of the Lions team last year and Hard Knocks, and he's a very fun right, character yeah. kind of guy. Loves his wrestling, loves everything. He's just <laughs> he's he's a very much a leader. Everybody talks about his character and how good he is. And the Lions kind of let him walk for David Montgomery, and then now he signs with the Saints. So uh, I know the Saints are going to have some issues with Alvin Kamara off the field. So. They're looking to see what happens. They uh, they brought in Derek Carr um, to kind of play there. So we'll see how that works out as well. But uh, Jamal Williams signing there kind of let me down a little bit. I don't like the Saints. I hate the Saints. <laughs> Matty, I hate the Saints. I'm telling you right now, man. I get it. There can only be one king of the Southeast, right? And so uh, um, you also had a comment on, I guess it would have been Tuesday night after the Sens got pumped in Edmonton, mm. that they... They just don't look as good as they kind of had in that previous, you know, they blew out Detroit two straight, beat the Rangers, which was great, beat Columbus like they were supposed to, and brought in Jacob Chickren, and they went on this Western road trip, and it's largely been a disaster. Yeah. And I I just wonder, man, I, I, I proclaimed them dead in November, and there have been moments since then where I kind of, huh, that's interesting. Maybe they're back in it here, right? They've gotten close a couple times. But when you pin yourself that deep, that early in the season, and all the teams ahead of you are going to keep playing in these three-point games and losing in overtime, and you've the you, it, with how difficult it is to catch up, I'm not sure I ever totally bought in that they were right back in it. I certainly acknowledged after the sweep of Detroit and then beating the Rangers, wow, all right, like maybe this will be interesting. But do you think... They just kind of ran out of gas there and they're not at a point yet where they can be that consistent or was there something else that you saw on this road trip that sort of let them down? Like what happened between that incredible hot streak where I think they were like 12 and four to this road trip, which is basically, you know, if you thought they were back in it, they're not back in it now. They're six points back again. And what do you see? Yeah, they just, uh, you just get to a point too, where like you said, um, we'll start with just the, the November struggles, right? Because it's been a, a common thing the last three years, it feels like, Can't right? Start. Can't start. Can't get off to a good start. No, they've just struggled so early on in the season and you find yourself kind of just trying to, you know, catch up and it's, it's, it's so impossible to do in the NHL, especially with so much talent, uh, going around and so many of these big teams, especially in the East, right? You, everybody was expecting yeah. monstrosity right now. Oh, well, you know, talking to the Leafs, like, you know, you expected the Bruins to take a step back no. this year. It's like, yeah. you know, you, okay, can the Leafs catch Boston? It's like, <laughs> probably no, not right now. The fucking does. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> especially when they're, uh, you know, when they're uh, going 11-7 and Sheldon Keefe's got a bunch of different things going on. Yeah, I'm going to ask you about that. Yeah. <laughs> There's some concerns in T.O. maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right now it's it's all right, but it's just, you know, how how quickly teams like, you know, like I said, Boston, right? Yep. With Cassidy leaving and here comes uh, Linus Allmark and a couple guys being injured to start yeah, John the John Montgomery comes in there to coach. He's got them going yeah. great guns again. And managed it's just to get like, David Krejci to come back. Yeah. It's, they're, it's, they're a monstrosity, man. They're a, they're a juggernaut. Yeah. Man. So for for the for the senators to kind of start off slow like they did again, it's just kind of a letdown. Yeah. And you kind of get into the spot where it's like, all right, we've seen this before. Uh, then they picked up the steam, right? They like they've got a lot of talent, and they're right there. They've dealt with some injuries throughout most of the year. Josh Norris going down for most of it that sucks. Um, the other big thing during this little run here right now, but like you said, playing catch up, trading for Jacob Chikrin. Um, <sighs> 
they looked really good during that little stretch. And mm-hmm. then you, you, you know that they're running and you get the fans are, are, are pumping them up. And it's like the, the emotions are high, right? You're kind of running on that adrenaline and sure. emotion right then. And it feels and the like excitement of the trade. Like yeah. Someone's like, get Chikrin, like, okay, we got our guy or you got a piece. Let's go. And exactly. It can fuel you for a bit. Yeah. And then they get into that spot where it's just like, all right, now it kind of all wears off a bit and it's just like, okay, now we're back to just being bland. And I get it. Like the goaltending injuries are tough and 100%. Cam Delbit hasn't had the season that the Senators wanted him to That's right. uh, when they signed him anyways as a free agent. And there was rumors right before the trade deadline that teams were kicking tires on him. And it's like, but they started right before the trade deadline kind of picking up a little bit of steam. Yeah. And that's when they traded for Jacob Chikrin, right? The day before the trade deadline and things were all looking good. Well, now it's like, well, he's had pretty much for the year, Cam Talbot. And then Matt Sogard is very raw. And Kevin Mandeley's here, very raw guys and young and don't have a lot of experience. And then just the injuries catching up. And you look at a couple of their games, you know, Vancouver and Calgary, terrible games. Last night against Edmonton, not a bad game, but just some terrible, uh, you know, mistakes. And yeah. as soon as that happened against a team with the star power, like oh, McDavid and Drysettle, yeah. yeah, like <laughs> these guys are both at 100 points already. I think McDavid's at 300, but I don't remember. I last looked and he was like, the guy. Guy's ridiculous. Like he's going to hit 160 points. I think or something last like night that. he <laughs> like, passed the 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 Kucherov mark, which was 129 yeah. or something like that, which was like the highest since Mario Lemieux. And this guy's got like 18 games left. Seriously, keep pumping away at that. Like it's, it's it's nasty, man. It's madness. And then, like I said, Drysaddle's right there too. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you saw him last night. Get a little chippy and a little fun. And but um, yeah, it's just it's a little bit of a letdown. And then you know the Sens this year, especially for fans have been just roped in with the hype, right? The hype is there. It's the, we got to get off to a good start. It's the, okay, the big off season of Claude Giroux and he's had mm-hmm. a great year and all right, we're going to pull the trigger on a trade for Alex to bring it. All right, boom. All right, Timmy Stutzel signed long-term. There yep. you go. Boom, yep. more hype. Okay, and then you get into the season. It's like, all right, what's going on now? Oh, you know what? There's bids for, you know, a, a new arena down at LeBreton. Yep, okay, cool. Right. Oh, what's that? Ryan Reynolds wants to buy the team. It's like, boom, sure. here's some more excitement. But then it's like, then they fall the slow start at the beginning of the year and it's like all right now we're digging now we're digging then it's like all right the hype's back and here's Jacob Chikrin and look what's happening Claude Giroux's making a big impact right now and Jake Sanderson's having a heck of a rookie year right now and there's so much hype but then it's like all right then on the ice it just it doesn't kind of translate and some guys are having a down year like Drake Batherson and even Dabrinkit at times they're just very inconsistent they have a very tough schedule to end the year so it's gonna it's hard to make up games in the NHL and like I said the talent is so so, it, it, it it just to me, man, and I, look, I apologize to, to listeners who've heard me say this before, but because I'm not the right guy, I don't get to comment on the Sens without being accused of being biased against them, right? And I get that. I, I wear that proudly. But I do try when we do this show to give an honest assessment of, as to what I think. And it, Outside of that, if I have a chance to take a cheap shot at them, yeah, I will. But in, when it's time to actually break down what we're looking at, I, I try and be legit with that. And I thought they had a very good summer, but they finished like 30 points out of the playoffs. That was so much to have to make up in one year. Hmm. And I said, I think they're better. I still don't think they're a playoff team. And I still don't think they're close enough that it's going to come down to like the last week of the season when you're right there. It's a huge step they had to take. Then you add in the injuries to Josh Norris, the fact that the Brinkett hasn't been anywhere close to what they expected he would be. And you just kind of go, yeah, didn't work out yet. Doesn't mean they didn't get better this year, but they're not going to be as close as they thought they were. And we just, 
every year this happens. Once you fall out of it, mm-hmm. every team goes on like a 12 and four or a what, where the pressure's off. And even er, if it happens earlier in the season, every team from good teams to bad teams has a really great stretch and a really mediocre stretch, right? So the Sens just had their really great stretch and now it's over, it looks like, and they'll go back to just sort of being what they've been, which is kind of close to 500, in my opinion, for the rest of the year. And so, yeah, Sens fans have put themselves through hell. This team, in my opinion, has been out of it since mid-November, and then they sort of climb back in. And as fans, I get it, we all get excited, but then, ah, they fell apart. But, oh, no, now we got Chickern, and we beat Detroit twice, and we're close again. And like, ah, no, we fell out of it. (laughs) You kind of did that to yourself a little bit, right? Like they just weren't good enough this year. And that doesn't mean they won't be next year or the year after. We'll see. But it was too big of a gap to ever expect to make up in one year, being 30 points out like that. No, and I think we've seen enough too of DJ Smith and it's not like I hate the guy and I don't, I, I just think it's that time for the players now where he's done a good job of kind of developing a lot of these younger guys to get to the point where they are right now, but to get them over the hump, I, I think it is that time to turn the page. And like I said, the new ownership is going to come in. I'm not sure where Pierre Dorian lies and if he's a guy that uh, gets, you know, part of that cut too, or yeah. if he's a guy that has to let DJ Smith go. They'll but make all these calls. Right? Yeah, yeah. You look at a couple, like the goals in Edmonton last night and just his face and his look of defeat, yeah. right? That, you know, the, they come back uh, from that trip and, you know, they've already got a tough game tomorrow night against the Colorado Avalanche. So yeah. it's uh, something that. Toronto Saturday. Yeah. Like, they're, they're it's a hard str- uh, stretch ahead for them. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, you know, even if they were going to go on a bit of a run, it was going to be a hard one regardless. And, yeah. you know, they went through that Western road trip and it didn't work out kind of like they did the Hamburglar run. <laughs> they took that Western road trip and they ran with it and it kind of surprised everybody came out of nowhere. Yep. Now they kind of just got to finish out the year and, you know, they called up Ridley Gregg today. So he's going to be a guy that uh, you probably see a little bit more extra ice time. Might as well play him sure. down the stretch get, now. Get some experience. Yeah, get some experience, try and gel with the, with the with the the crew the one thing i could say that is uh, very obvious though is that the group does seem tight um you want to see them a little bit more tighter on the ice in certain situations. You know, you look in and you see some of the breakdowns in the offensive zone uh, or in the defensive zone, and it just doesn't look good. The power play has struggled mightily since, you know, the... Yeah, uh, most of the year they were top two or three power play in the league. I think they're down to ninth now. Even yeah. Though, like, it's fallen off here recently. Especially since the uh, All-Star break. They've yeah. been uh, they've been terrible, and they've given... I think they've... I can't remember the stat, but not long ago, but they've given up the same amount of shorthanded goals against them on the power play was many power played goals that they scored. It was like somewhere 9-9. Nine, nine. Yeah. So yeah, in the yeah. last little while since that all-star break. So things were tight. Um, but uh, I do think that that time is going to be this offseason for DJ Smith to probably, you know what, let's see what else is out there and try and bring in that coach that can, you know, get this young kind of talented group with, you know, they're mixing in some veterans now kind of over the hump and into that playoff spot. You know, at the end of the day too, this is a team that, you know, Fans wanted them to be a lot more competitive and a lot mm-hmm. better. I think the early season struggle really triggered fans a little bit, but a lot of it was blanketed by the Ryan Reynolds and yep. buying the Sens and the new Sens ownership kind of whole thing. But when you get down to it, I think that you got to get to that. You can't have a bad start like that again, and it's it just constantly has been happening. But I think a new coach uh, getting some of these guys to kind of hit like a different style, different systems right now, moving forward next year, that's something you need to just focus on. It's not about winning the offseason and then right. getting into the – 
into the uh, season and then you kind of falter. You need to kind of get over that step and you got to get over that hump and you got to find a new coach that kind of kind of bring in a new system and get these young guys kind of moving in a certain direction that isn't towards a playoff spot, but just towards a spot that you're you're right there with the top contenders because that's the thing. Starting the year it was like we want we're not just going to be a bottom feeder team anymore. We want to be um, that team that's pushing for a playoff spot right. or right at the playoffs or yep. making the playoffs. We want to be that team right now. And it's like, all right, they they slowed down, then they had to make catch up, and then they were right there, but it was going to be tough. And then now it's like, like you said, six points back, and they're not there. The only thing you make it fans can ask for now is, you know, just these tough games that they have coming up against Colorado, Toronto, all throughout the rest of the year. Just compete level. You want to see them mm-hmm. right to the end of the end of the season. You know what? Just be right outside the playoff spot because then, like you said, you don't have to make up those thirty points. You're you know what? You're right there. Yeah, you've shown it. You bring some free you agents in. You know, a right. couple guys take that next step. That's right. A new coach comes in, right? And it's all that, and it's like, all right, well, we were six points out of the playoffs. Now, why can't we be certainly if, have a new owner by yeah, the time why, it started? Like all of those things will compound and and be a positive boom. vibe. And and Kerry said to, earlier today at the GM meetings that. You know, he's pleasantly surprised with the number of bids and how high they are. Friedman has also said on 32 Thoughts a couple times that he thinks someone has come in really high, like a fuck off bid to everybody else, right? Like this is ours. Don't even talk to any of these other guys. You know, that's the thing. It's, it could, they can net big money. Right. And so uh, there are still better times ahead for Sens fans. It just, it was just never going to be this year in my opinion. So before we move on to the fights, let's talk a little about the Leafs because you referenced the 11-7 thing that they're doing. (laughs) And this has been a bit of a thorn in my side too for a couple of weeks now or since the trade deadline. And part of that was having eight or nine NHL defensemen on your roster at the same time. And I get it. They wanted some depth and they wanted to have some options. But man, you brought in a ton of new pieces. And when you run 11-7, nobody gets the familiarity they need, in my opinion, right? Like the lines up front are constantly getting shuffled. The pairings are constantly getting shuffled. He's got odd numbers on both sides. Instead of just letting people fall in with the the line mates they're going to play with, with the pairings they're going to play with and get comfortable, it's not really happening. You really limit how fast you can develop any sort of chemistry with all these new guys doing it this way. Um, But he seems not only committed to it, but like he said in the media earlier this week, he's like, I've really liked what that's looked like. Like that might be (laughs) something we stick with. And I've, it's a facepalm thing for me. I, I, I get the impression you feel the same way about it. Yeah, it just brings me back to Senators, what, like six years ago, seven years ago, Guy Boucher going 11 and seven because, you know, you have so many good defensemen. I, I, and I, you know, I've got, I, I get that they're in a spot right now where it's a foregone conclusion that they're probably going to play the Lightning yep. um, in the playoffs. It's it's cool. I understand that. Try a couple different things. But like you said, I it just, when you have 36 defensemen that are ready to play every <laughs> night, but, you know, you, you're constantly mixing up your first, you know, your first and second line, like uh, they're tinkering a little too much. Yeah. And that's what I don't like. Uh, you know, I, I believe that they started with Yarncrock on the top line. That's right. With Matthews and Marner uh, against the Avalanche tonight. And it's just like. Those three have been here all year. If you yeah. wanted to look at it, look at it in October. It, or, and we know what Yarncrock is and he's not a, a you know, a first line a left winger. Line, it's yeah. not. And I get Ryan O'Reilly's injured and they got a couple injuries right now, but it's just more of a, what are you really doing here? Like, let's just, you know, focus on what you need to do. You know what? Put Simmons in the lineup. I don't care who you put in there, but I, I don't I care. Don't put Simmons yeah. in the lineup. <laughs> I just, you know what? I'd, I just, I'm getting sick of the 11 yeah, and seven yeah. because um, it just, you, 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 you talk to so many 
you know, former hockey players that, you know, played in the league. And it's like the worst night is being a, a defenseman in an 11 7 night because that defenseman who is the odd man out most time, it's yeah. hard to gel with the guy. Yeah. And you're constantly moving guys in. And especially when you have guys that you just brought in, like McCabe and Gustafson and, and Shen, mm-hmm. that, Look like they're struggling a little bit, especially uh, when you see Gustafson. I've, I've noticed, and even McCabe, they've both struggled a little bit. Yep. But it's because they're constantly just, you know, they're one in a new team in a new environment, but then playing 11 and 7, like give these guys some. Is this the guy I'm paired with for the rest of the night? Yeah. No, like it's going to be somebody different every shift. Like it's, you're not making this any easier on me to get to know these people. No. Right? And I kind of liked a little bit what I saw from Timmins this year when I've seen him play. I do too. Um, but he's a project. They've locked him up. I don't, he won't play in the playoffs. Like he, no. they'll continue to develop him for the future. No, but I'd like to see just a little bit more of him yeah. though. I think especially yeah. down this little run right now, but the additions of Lafferty, uh, you know, I like him a lot and I think a cherry as well. Like these are the guys that they oh, brought yeah. in and they're solid nice guys. Pieces, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I just, I, I'm not feeling this 11 and seven thing. Like I said, it, it triggers me of Guy Boucher and I don't know about you, but <laughs> when it comes to the Leafs right, right now, it's, it's, they did so much offensively and, and added to the D and even though we're making fun of the fact that they got 29 defensemen right yeah. now on the roster, it's like the goaltending is my biggest question mark, whether it's, you know, Matt Murray between the pipes, Samsonov, or even, you know, Wall, whatever it is. It's like, all right, like, are these guys going to hold up in the playoffs? And it's like, again, for a goaltender to deal with 11 and 7, they're all there, these defensemen, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of a weird spot. And it's like, all right, uh, Matt Murray's been injured for good parts of the year. So, well, if he, so let me ask you about that. If game one against Tampa was tomorrow, based on what we've seen this year, which one of those those three guys, uh, Joseph Wall, uh, Ilya Samsonov, or Matt Murray, are you starting in goal? Personally, yeah. who I would like to start? Yeah. Oh man, that's, it's tough. It really is tough. And the only reason I'll edge towards Matt Murray is just a little bit of a veteran play kind of playoff spot yeah. that he's won a couple cups and maybe, you know, the team around you, I get, he hasn't had great numbers. I, they tried to defend it the other night. I don't know what they were trying to do. I think it was Sheldon Keefe was talking about how, how good, um, he looked. I can't remember what game it was recently. And yeah. That was the Buffalo game. Wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, it was Buffalo, I believe. Yeah. Okay. And, and, I, and I know it wasn't his fault for that loss, yeah. but he hasn't looked very good. And the That's numbers haven't I'm been at. good since he's came back. So I'm very iffy on that. I, I want to see more of Joseph Wall. I think, um, he's a big goalie and I think he's okay, but he's very raw yeah. in that sense. And Samsonov has been very inconsistent, right? He, like, one game, he looks like a first round draft pick that looks you know, very sexy between the pipes. And it's right. like, then you see him and it's just like, this guy's getting chased on six shots. It's like, <laughs> not good. So like... And the only thing I might take a little bit issue with or disagree with is I, I don't think Samsonov's been too um, inconsistent, but you're no. right. The nights where he's off, he's way off. Yeah. Like he's out of his net. You can see like, what are you doing? Like you, on the angles and stuff. But those nights have been few and far between. And I, I guess... I, I like I was okay with them not trading for goalie depth. There was some talk you got to go out and find somebody because there's too many question marks. I don't know who you're going to trade for with the limited assets and cap space that they had at the deadline. Who you can say for sure was going to be better than Joseph Wool, who is at this point just a number three. But who were you going to go get that was a guaranteed slam dunk? to play in a playoff game for you. So I was okay that they didn't do anything. Did you have any interest in Jonathan Quick when we heard the the news uh, that he was going to get and I just, I'm sure, but I think at the same time, would that not be a good guy to kind of have in that situation? In, in a depth position. As a number like, three. But you would have needed like two? quadruple retention to make that fit, right? Like, for sure. And so you're giving each of those teams draft picks now to, like in principle, if you could bring that guy in to be just your insurance policy, I get that. But the cap ramifications, I think we're going to be too much. So- when I look at it, I see 
I would start Samsonov because I just think this year he's been good more often than mm-hmm. he's been bad. And I agree with what you said about Murray's uh, experience. And I do think there's a good chance that even just in that first round, we're going to see both guys, um, which I'm not sure is going to mean things are going great. <laughs> Let's hope we don't. Right. But uh, I think the trouble thing too is like it's a, fl- a coin flip. Right? Yeah. Because Murray has the experience, and when he's been in there, more often than not, he has been fine. But when he hasn't been in there, Samsonov has done more than you could have asked of him, in my opinion, this year. And so it was sort of frustrating for me to see last week that as soon as Murray was healthy, they gave him two in a row, and Samsonov was left sitting on the bench. If Murray can come back and play some games and play pretty well, where it goes the other way, right? Samson off to Murray one, Samson off to mm-hmm. Murray. If he takes that job back, that's fine with me. But it bugs me a little bit that as soon as he was healthy, you just sort of, okay, thanks for everything, Samson off. You're back on the bench. And they're almost forcing it back on Murray. Yeah. I'd rather see him have to take it from Samson off. Yeah, I feel you on that. Um, it's just, it's such a tough situation because no guy feels like they've ran with it, right? Yeah. And that's the hardest part. I, I, I do side with you on that part of it. It's just, I don't know if Samsonov has done enough to be like, you know what, this is my net, stay right. the hell away from right. it. Yeah. And Matt Murray, that they, you know, they paid him a lot of money to, yeah, well, and they have him on the contract next year. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. They didn't pay the contract. No, but you're right. They, they have acquired it. <laughs> they've technically paid for it in a sense. And, yeah. you know, you look at what happened to Jack Campbell over at Edmonton, and he's had a very tough year. And you look at where would you rather have, which season. Sure. I'm sure every Leaf fan is like, you know what? As, you know, as much as we love yeah. the guy that was such a sweetheart. Of course. To, uh, like, Jack Campbell, the guy? Give me Matt Stick Murray. Around. Jack Campbell, the goalie? Matt Murray's here, though, yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. 100%. So. All right. Well, as we talked about, the 11 and 7. Not really a great deal, man. It hasn't been panning out all that well. Colorado's a legit team, but as we sit here and wrap this one up, uh, Toronto's lost 2-1 to one to the Avalanche. Um, look, Colorado's legit. Toronto's legit. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how this is all going to shake loose, but another piece of evidence, man, that maybe the 11-7 and seven isn't the way to go. Sheldon, let's get back to a normal lineup, buddy. Come, Come on, on, man. Yeah. Just get us Lee fans. Uh, quit trying to just, you know. That's not galaxy to... brain this Let's... shit. That's it. And uh, we were going to talk some fights here. It got away from us. We had other things to talk about. We'll hit that tomorrow. If you're, you, you mind sticking around, hitting another show. You know what? That's my weakness. You know, I love talking fights, Maddie. I'm in. We got more beers to have as well. So Steve Bunda will be back Ooh. again on Friday morning. Stick around for that. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you're hearing us. And uh, make sure you give us a follow on social media at Tall Can Audio. He's on social media at Steve Bunda 91. Thanks for coming in, man. Glad you're sticking around. We'll, uh, we'll see you on the next one. We'll see the good listener on the next one. What was that? Number one bullshit. Oh, number one bullshit. Why are you so pissy?